But again, just we got to see him the, the day before he went to glory. And um, uh, uh, again, it was not the Lynn I had known. He had changed, obviously, a battle with leukemia and, and, and so on. But as we came in, he sat up and, and, and grabbed our hand. And I said, said uh, Lynn, are you ready? Are you ready? He said, I'm so ready. I'm so ready. And, you know, he, he actually got up and um, uh, leant on his bed and his son-in-law was there. But he said to his son-in-law, Law, I know where I'm going. Where are you going? Where are you going? Friends, I want to ask you today, are you ready? I always say at funer funerals that a tombstone, on a tombstone in Indiana were written the words, Paul's stranger, as you pass me by, as you are now, so once was I. As I am now, so you will be. So prepare for death and follow me. Someone came along and scratched underneath it. To follow you, I'm not content until I know which way you went. Are you ready, my friend? Are you ready? The statistics are 100%. Nobody makes it out of here alive. I'm not talking about the service. I'm talking, <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm talking about our lives. Are you prepared for eternity? Do you know Christ? Have you given your life to him? Lynn knew where he was going, do you? I said last week that it seems to me in today's modern and progressive world, the word love has really lost its meaning. Love is just a new word for tolerance. In fact, it goes even further to love. And today's definition means no longer can one just tolerate something. No, you are expected to affirm, support, embrace, and celebrate it. And if you don't, you are suffering from some type of phobia or even worse, labeled the extreme opposite of love, which is hate. In which case, it's okay to cancel you, ridicule you, shame you, destroy your life, which on the face of it does not seem very loving. But for the believer, for the Christ follower, it is important that we have and hold to a biblical worldview lest we lose our way. Especially when it comes to what love is and is not. Love is love might be a cool quip shouted with pride and used to justify anyone in any type of lifestyle one can think of. But love is love is not a biblical definition. Love is love is not a biblical definition of the word. In fact, biblically, love does not ever give one license to live however and do whatever one wants. It is true that in Galatians 5 verse 1, the Apostle Paul says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. The King James Version uses the word liberty. It is for liberty that Christ has set us free. But you must understand, gospel freedom is not saying, hey, anything goes. Live however you like. Do whatever. Jesus loves you. He'll just forgive it. Do whatever you want. All good. No, that is not gospel freedom. 
See, gospel freedom is freedom from sin, not to sin. Christian liberty is the freedom from sin, not to sin. In other words, we're, we're not free to sin. We're free to serve God, to serve Him. See, Christian or biblical freedom is not the right to do as you please. It is the liberty to do as you ought. Let me say that again. Christian and biblical freedom is not the right to do as you please. It is the liberty to do as you ought. What ought you to do? So Christian freedom or liberty is not the same as license. To be free is not to be free and easy. The Christian is not free to please himself, but rather to please God. The great Augustine, one of the early church fathers, a, a Berber of North African descent, and I say that on purpose because so often Christianity is described as a white thing. We need to understand the history of the church. We need to understand it comes from the east, not from the west. We need to understand that. And so Augustine, this African brother, says this man is most free when controlled by God alone. Man is most free when controlled by God alone. Paul went on to say, the apostle Paul went on to say in the same chapter of Galatians, he said, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. The Bible says, he who the sun sets free it's free indeed. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Well, I can do whatever, I can live however. No, no, no. Do not, you, you were called to be free. But do not use the freedom and the liberty that we have in Christ. See, I don't care what the world does, but I, wanna, I want us to understand the church. We have a different calling. Do not use the freedom that you have to indulge or to take an opportunity to indulge in the flesh. Oh, I can just do whatever I want. No. I can live however I want. He, he loves me. No. You're wrong. He loves you. Yes. But your freedom is not to just live however you however you please. The apostle Peter said in 1 Peter 2 verse 16, he said, live as free people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Now it's true that the scriptures say in 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4 that love is kind. Love is kind. Scripture says so. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4, love is kind. This is found in what is famously called the love chapter, the, the, the love is passage, wisely chosen and nervously read at almost every wedding ceremony I've ever been to. 
And it really does. It truly sets a beautiful tone for the couple's life ahead together. Love is kind. But of course, read as a standalone statement. Read as a standalone statement, it can easily be made to endorse and affirm just about anything. As someone has jokingly said, I can do all things through a verse taken out of context. If you have been around the Bible for a while, you will know when reading or understanding Scripture, context is always important, always. In 1 Corinthians, in which we find the love chapter, we must understand the Apostle Paul was not, he was not writing to the world at large. That was not a general statement to the world at large, uh, spoken to a general audience. In 1 Corinthians, he was specifically and intentionally writing believers. He was writing to believers sometimes very strongly. He's like, you're so immature. I can't give you meat, you need, you need milk. He was writing very strongly to the believers. He was telling them, this is how you should do worship. This is how you should live your life. It was not, it was not a general thing to all the world. It was to the church, he wrote. How do I know that? Because it says so in 1 Corinthians which is a letter, or it's called an epistle. Epistle just means letter. And we can see, like you, when you write a letter, you will say, dear, and you will say who it is addressed to. Paul does the same in his letters. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 2. Here's who he's writing it to. To the church of God in Corinth. To those sanctified. He's writing to the Church of God, he's writing to those sanctified, those who have Christ in them, the hope of glory, who is outworking his grace in their lives. To the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called. You can understand you're a called people. You did not choose him, he chose you. And called to be what? Oh, you can live however you want. No, you're called to be holy. Called to be his holy people. Together, and you go, well, that's just them. That's not us. Now listen, everybody say together. Here's who he's writing to. Together with all those everywhere who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. So he's addressing the church in Corinth and all believers everywhere who call on the name of the Lord. And so this is the context in which the love chapter is written to believers about their behavior. The world can do whatever it wants, but when it comes to us, he is addressing us. This is the context of the love chapter. In fact, we must remember in the very same passage in which Paul says love is kind. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. We must remember in the very same passage in which Paul 
declares, love is kind, he reminds us just two verses later that love also does not delight in evil. You want to know what Christian love, biblical love, biblical love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Biblical love does not delight, rejoice, take pleasure, or celebrate evil, wrongdoing, or unrighteousness. It just doesn't. Yes, love is kind. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. We need to uh, uh, understand that. But that same love, that same biblical love, does not rejoice in wrongdoing. I can do whatever I want. No, you can't. I mean, you can. I'm just talking about if you want to follow him if you want to if you're saying i i i follow follow him follow him and you you friends you just can't live however you want and if you're following christ why would you want to anyway you'd be saying god what pleases you what pleases you and and, and god because you gave everything for me i now give everything for you Biblical love does not delight, rejoice, take pleasure, celebrate evil, wrongdoing, or unrighteousness. Someone said, I don't know who, but it's, I think it's a relevant quote. He said, this truth can sound like hate if you hate the truth. Friend, love rejoices in truth. Truth's kind of a big deal. It's kind of a big deal. Jesus said, true worshipers, True worshipers will worship not just in spirit, not just spiritual. I'm, I'm spiritual. No, no. True worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth. You can't separate those things. Love rejoices in and with truth. Now, Scripture, of course, does say, for God so loves the world. Jesus said this in John's gospel. In fact, it's probably the most famous verse in the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. But my brothers and my sisters, I want you to see something here in this passage. If you look at this passage itself, you will see that there, there is an invitation and an application. The invitation, part one, is for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. God's invitation of love to the world is, is given. We can see here the invitation of of the gospel is all-inclusive. It is for all. For God so loved the world, everybody and everyone, that he gave his son. He made a way where there seemed to be no way. But the thing is, if you stop there, it's not the full picture. God loves everyone. God loves you. You've got to know that this morning. That's true, Yes. But part two is the application, which is conditional. 
that whoever believes in him shall not perish. Then what happens to those who don't believe? That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Do you know where you're going? But have eternal life. And so the invitation of John 3.16 is inclusive, but the message and application of John 3.16 is exclusive in that it's conditional on the one who believes, one's response to it. I'm messing with my Calvinist friends right now. It's conditional, and so one's response or lack of it to God's invitation determines the outcome. One is required to do something. What? Believe. Do you believe? Now, if you don't believe me, I want to say this is borne out in the following verses in John's gospel. The context gives us clarity. And I would encourage you to read more than just your favorite verses. That's John 3.16. But verses 17 through 21 bear this out. It, 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 Jesus continues to speak and clarify and give context to what he just said. And he says, for God did not, this is John 3 verse 17 through to 21. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Know that. He loves the world. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. Save you from what? From your sin. To save the world through him. Whoever believes, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already. Now I realize some people might not like this. Don't write to me, write to him. I'm just repeating what he said. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. And then John the Baptist closes out the chapter. And it's almost like he sums, sums up the chapter in John chapter 3 verse 36, the last verse of that Chapter, he says, whoever believes in the Son, he's like, here's the summation. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life. For God's wrath remains on them. And this is not just a theme that's in a chapter. John carries this theme through into all of his epistles, into all of his letters. He goes on to say in 1 John 1 verse 5, he says this, is the message, and I would encourage you to read this epistle. It's short. You want, to write, say, you want to be able to say, hey, I read a whole book of the Bible today. Go to 1 John. It's an easy one to do. Five chapters, boom, you've done it. It's not Isaiah, but hey. 
But he says, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. If you cross-reference it, it'll take you right back there. John's reminding us again, God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. If we claim, remember, speaking to believers, if we claim, it's people, speaking to people who say, well, I'm Christian, I'm this, listen. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie. I don't care what you say. We lie and we do not live out the truth. Truth's a big deal. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we will have fellowship with one another. And the blood, thank you for the blood. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin. If we say, well, no, I'm a, I'm a nice person. No, all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our, our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That's what the blood of Jesus does. If we claim that we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. And then he goes on to say this in 1 John 2 verse 3. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, whoever, whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. A bit harsh. Settle down. And the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, you know what? Christian, biblical, Lovers, if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. This is how we know. How, look, how do we know? This is how we know. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. And he goes on to say in 1 John verses 5 through 3, chapter 5 verse 3, says, this is love for God. What is love for God? This is love for God. To keep his commands. Nathaniel Emmons, a 17th century theologian and preacher, said, obedience to God is the most infallible evidence of sincere and supreme love to him. Biblical love is not some abstract, meaningless word. Biblical love is not licensed to live however one wants. Actually, biblical love is a person, Jesus. 1 John 4 verse 8. John writes on, God is love. God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. 
He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. That's why it's a good book to read because if you go through that one John, he's like, dear friends, dear friends, dear friends, love is like this. Love is like that. This is love. He said, this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins, for your sins, for my sins. The amazing grace of God, how sweet the sound. It saved a flippin' wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind. Thank God I can now see. As I close, know this. The gospel invitation is God loves you. God loves you. And you can come to Jesus just as you are. Psalm 51 verse 17 says, A broken and contrite heart, you God will not despise. I want to tell you, friends, here today, God can do wonders with a broken heart if you give him all the pieces. You can come to Jesus just as you are, but the truth is he loves you way too much to keep you as you are. And as I've said, he doesn't say, well, you better change and sort yourself out, get yourself in order, and then you can follow. No, he doesn't say change and then you can follow. He says, follow me and I will change you. Allow my spirit to be at work in you and I will change you from the inside out. The invitation is for everyone. The application is do you believe? Do you believe? Are you tired of walking in darkness? Come walk in the light. Respond to the gospel message of God's love today. Make him Lord of your life. Repent, turn from your sin, and turn towards God. You know, we call these moments in service altar calls because God wants to alter your life. He wants to change you from the inside out. Give your life to Christ. You know where you're going. You know where you will spend eternity. Get right with God. The invitation is there. Our response is required. Lord, I believe. For me as a drug addict, Christ changed my life. Oh, some 30 plus years ago. As he changed me, he can change you. As he turned my life around, he can turn yours around. Give him your life today.
Say, God, I'm tired of walking in darkness. Today I will walk in the light. Go home, kneel before the Father. Go to your bedroom, pray and say, God, have mercy on me. Today I commit my life to you. I'll follow you. Well, it doesn't mean you won't have difficulties. It doesn't mean that you won't have struggles. It doesn't mean that you won't have temptations. But you have Christ in you, the hope of glory. You will be in him, and he will be in you, changing you from the inside out. I pray that helped you today. I pray that made you think today. We've got to be so careful of quick little statements and scriptures grabbed from here or there to justify a position. No, this, nothing can separate us also from the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus. Give your life to Him. Amen. Would you stand? Let me pronounce this blessing on you. Would you put your hands out? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.